Hey everyone, and welcome to Scrambling with Dylan Otto, a podcast where the listeners can hear, learn, and laugh about my life in the golf world and other numerous topics with guests on the show. Tune in every week for insight and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto featuring LPGA Tour golfer Brianna Doe. Brianna, thank you for coming on. No, thanks for having me. I'm excited to just chat and get to know each other. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I was, it's really nice being able to, you know, have a, a lady on the LPGA Tour come on and just talk about your experiences, not only on tour, but just beforehand, college and everything. So um, we'll get straight into the questions. Where are you from and how'd you get into the game of golf? So I was born in Long Beach, California, and now I live in Lakewood, California, which is pretty much right there. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm still there. I love it. I mean, Southern California can't be the perfect weather year yeah, round, really. year <laughs> round. Um, and my parents kept me very active when I was growing up. I have a younger brother as well. That's, I want to say like 13, almost 14 months younger. So we're pretty close in age. Okay. Um, you know, we were on the swim team. We played tennis. I did ballet. Um, I did a little stint in ice skating. Hated oh, wow. it. <laughs> um, and then we also went into golf because my dad was a huge golf um, golfer. And mm -hmm. so that kind of stuck because it was the most social out of all the things that I did. And we could do it as a family. Um, and it was just fun, you know, like, and it was mm -hmm. easy to me. So um, here I am golfing still. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it's funny that you found golf easy and stuff. Cause I know at the beginning, when you get into golf, it's not the funnest if you're not hitting yeah. it very well. So that's awesome that you found it easy. Um, starting out and, uh, kind of talk about the tournaments you played in your competitive career, kind of your junior career and stuff before you went to college and everything. Yeah. I mean, um, at first it was more on the local level, you know, SCPGA, <laughs> Southern California yeah. junior golf association staff. Um, and then once, you know, I kind of tested the water, waters there, um, we moved on to like the AJGA stuff, which was a lot of fun because um, my brother and I were both able to do that together. Um, and my dad traveled with us a lot. And um, my dad made it a point to kind of see the country and like go to different tournaments outside of California and just kind of get my name out there. Mm -hmm. um, like. I remember going to, I think somewhere in Kentucky, oh, like wow. bluegrass something. And I like won that AJGA event. Um, nice. I played in like Iowa and quad city. So like wow. I was able to travel to many places at a young age. And I'm uh -huh. very grateful for that because now I do it for a living and it's not so new or crazy to right, me. Yeah. I'm comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, and so I think my dad getting myself and my brother out there um, outside of Southern California kind of gave us more like notice to like the college coaches, I guess, mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah. Um, and so AJJ is huge for for college golf and huge. Oh, um, seriously. I, I mean, I loved all the tournaments that we played. Um, I remember playing like the Polo Junior Classic at Sea Island and um awesome. it's definitely like one of my top five courses it's just so pretty right there on the water and stuff so it was really cool growing up playing AJGA yeah that's I mean that's amazing I mean I know there's I've had some people on that played AJGAs and they're from Southern California and they just kind of stayed locally because you know traveling and stuff like that's kind of a big deal and that's amazing that you're able to do that and like you said it's not so new to you now you're kind of used to it so that's really nice that you're able to do that mm -hmm. um I know you You were a two-time AJGA All-American selection, and you played on 2007 Junior Solheim Cup team. I mean, yes. any any recognition from AJGA is very impressive because, like you said, it's serious competition. Um, I like to talk about that 2007 Junior Solheim Cup team. Um, you know, what, what was it like playing on that team? And, you know, what were your feelings just throughout the whole tournament? you really dug deep in my like playing history. Oh this, yeah. Yep. This is going way back. Yep. <laughs> um, but uh, no, the junior Solheim cup was amazing. I mean, we got to play it in Sweden. Mm -hmm. So yep. I'm not yeah. there, you know, traveling outside the country. Um, and it was, I believe like sometime in September. So not the best weather in Sweden. Yeah, no kidding. Um, <laughs> 
So um, it was rainy, super windy and cold. And being from Southern California, I Not don't like sunny. that weather Ex- very often. Exactly. You know, yeah. If it's anything like that, I'm staying inside. Right. Um, yeah. I like to say I'm a fair weather golfer, at mm-hmm. least in the off season. If it's too cold, I'm like, I'm going to stay inside. Yeah, no biggie. Um, <laughs> so that was like a huge, just eye opener to like a new country, new food, new, like different weather, different course conditions. And yeah. I'm pretty sure we didn't play very well just because mm-hmm. we're not playing. We're not used to playing in that of weather. Course. Yeah, of course. Um, but it was so cool because I remember you know, a lot of the girls that I played with on the team are on the LPGA, like Mina Haraguy, mm-hmm. um, and on the European team, like Karen, Caroline Hedwald, Caroline Masson. So um, it was just a lot of fun. And then we actually got to go to the actual Solheim Cup. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh-huh. and so that was pretty cool, you know, meeting Julie Ingster and Morgan Pressel, Paula Kramer. That's awesome. At a young age, it's just really cool to meet those people and just see what it's like to be on that sort of stage representing the USA. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely like a big goal of, I feel like any American golfer to, to play on the Solheim cup team and now yeah. even the Olympics. So mm, seriously. Yeah. That's yeah. such a big deal now. I mean, when they happen, of course, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that whenever I was looking, you know, I was like doing my research and everything. I mean, a junior Solheim cup, that is, that's gotta be one of the things you'll never forget in your golfing career. I mean, that's amazing. And then it's in Sweden. Like you said, you're playing a different country and conditions you never really played in. I mean, how'd you feel? I mean, how did you know going into the tournament that you needed to know how to play in that weather? I mean, kind of what the preparation looked like at such a young age for such a big tournament. For me personally, if I remember correctly, I don't, I definitely didn't prepare as well as I did. I do now for Mm -hmm. like, you know, checking the weather, what it's going to be like bringing the proper attire and stuff like that. So, um, I do remember the team and I were inside a lot because it was (laughs) such bad weather. We played a lot of card games. We played spoons. Like there there's a lot of games and maybe not enough practicing, Uh but, um, (laughs) we had fun and, um, I definitely don't think I was prepared for that. And that will always stick in my mind because like now when I'm at LPGA events, I'm like, okay, let's check the weather for the week. Like kind of Mm -hmm. mentally prepare if it's going to rain, if it's going to be cold or what, what it may be. Um, so I think my learning experience from that junior Solheim cup is just being prepared for any type of weather. Yeah, seriously. And, um, I mean, that's like you said, now you kind of, you know what to do and stuff like that. And you're, I mean, a much bigger stage now, which is, you know, it's great that you're able to take that experience from that tournament and everything. Um, so you played, you got recognition from AJGA, you played in the junior Solheim cup. At what point did you start the recruiting process and how'd you go about to get in contact with coaches? Um, I think the recruiting process is a little different now, mm-hmm. it yeah. might be like earlier or something like that, but mm-hmm. I want to say I started to talk to colleges um, like sometime junior year, like early junior year or so. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, And I always knew I wanted to stay on the West Coast. Um, You know, I looked at UCLA, USC, Cal Berkeley, and Mm -hmm. um, the two Arizona schools. Yeah. Um, And I never really made it to visit the two Arizona schools. I visited... UCLA, USC, and Cal Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved both, all three programs. They were really good, you know, good at golf, good yeah. Um, oh, yeah. academics. And then I kind of narrowed it down to UCLA and UC Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately it kind of came down to location. Like UCLA was much closer to home. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Essentially they were like similar schools with both academics and being a good golf program. And um, just being close to home was uh, kind of the, the deciding factor for me. Um, yeah. And I enjoyed definitely all four years at UCLA. And um, I would definitely 
go back <laughs> if I could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, well, there's a lot of, since with the COVID year and everything, a lot of people are taking an extra year of eligibility and stuff. So, um, but it's kind of a mess. So I, I don't think you would have wanted to be in the mix of it all, but um, yeah, it's just been a whole mess. But I mean, you've been, you were affected with the LPGA tour and stuff as well. Um, so you ultimately committed to UCLA and I'd like you to talk about your years at UCLA and kind of how your performance went individually. Yeah, I mean, I went to UCLA and I obviously knew they were a good golf program. Yeah. Um, always ranked in the top five, top 10. Uh, my first year, I maybe played three events mm-hmm. um, yeah. and I believe they were as individuals. So not even part of the team. I mean, right. we had, I want to say eight or nine girls on mm-hmm. the team, including myself. And today... I think like five or six of us play full-time on the LPGA. So that's how good our program was. It's just so much depth. Yeah. Yeah. But at the time I like didn't realize that. And Mm -hmm. so I, with only getting three starts, I was like, well, I'm not good enough. You know, Mm -hmm. like that's kind of automatically what you think. Yeah. Um, And then a few girls turned pro um, at the end of that year. And so almost by default, I got, many more starts my sophomore year and Mm -hmm. got to play more and um I didn't play great but I didn't play bad you know it was Mm -hmm. fun um but I I didn't really think anything of it in a way because I didn't play my first year so that first year is always going to stick with me Mm -hmm. um and then junior year I played on and off like it was a pretty deep team also Mm -hmm. um and I, towards the end of the season for postseason, my coach literally sat me down and was like, Hey, you know, I'm trying to decide who to take for the fifth player for, you know, pac 12s regionals and, Mm -hmm. um, nationals. And she pretty much said, I want to take you because I feel like you can play well, but I'm going to take emotions out of it. And your scoring average was 0.5 higher than the fifth player. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to take the fifth player. And I said, that's fine. You know, it's all on in numbers. I'm yeah. okay with that. Yeah. Um, they actually ended up going to win nationals that year. Wow. And um, obviously I was very happy for them. Very happy for the team. Of I was course. part of that journey the whole year. I got a ring. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a way, it didn't feel like my national championship, you know, of like course, of course. not being there playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just cool. You know, I have a national championship ring. Like not many people can say that. Maybe yeah. Not. Yeah. So um, I also remember at the time that they were at nationals, I was playing, I think they finished their final round one and I was just finishing a practice round for us women's open qualifier mm-hmm. at Lake Merced, which yeah is difficult like just with how cold it is up there and how windy it is yep yep um 36 holes in one day at lake merced is just a whole nother thing (laughs) and i remember shooting 88 85 and i was Mm -hmm. just like this this maybe golf isn't just you know is it for Mm -hmm. me i don't know Uh um but then three weeks later, I won the Women's Amateur Public Links at Bandit yep. Dunes. That's a big win. That's so awesome. Which is crazy because you go from such highs to such lows and it's just golf. Um, that is no kidding. Yeah. And so, and I remember like a lot of people were like, well, is this a like, see coach, I could like, I proved you wrong. Like you should have taken me kind of thing. And I was like, uh-huh. no, like yeah. I was happy for the team. I, you know, they earned it. They deserved it. And mm-hmm. this is just to show like how good of a team we are. Yeah. Like they won a national championship. I won my own national championship, but like, I couldn't have done it without the competition on that team that year for right. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a very interesting junior year. Um, and I think I did Q school that year as well. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then I had a really good senior year just playing in a lot of tournaments. And um, I think that USGA win kind of lit a fire in me mm-hmm. to like, like, hey, maybe I can do this. Maybe this is like what I'm supposed to do. And like, maybe I can do like play professional golf. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had, I feel like a pretty good senior year from what I can remember um 
but yeah, it was a lot of ups and downs in college golf for me personally. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you, like you said, your, your freshman year, you only had a couple, a couple starts. What did you feel like the difference was from going from junior golf to a big, you know, big division one golf with such depth on the team? I mean, what was, what was the biggest difference? Do you feel like? Um, I, I don't know. I don't think anything really prepares you for going from one level of golf to the next, whether it's junior golf to college, college to professional, mm-hmm. you kind of learn as you go. Yeah, um, you're kind of just thrown I, into it. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, there isn't a manual of like, right. How yeah. to <laughs> go from junior golf to college golf. Like, right, yeah. I, I feel like through the recruiting process, I had some friends that had already gone through it and are at college and they helped me with that a little bit, but Mm -hmm. you just kind of like learn as you go. Once you are thrown into like a college team and let alone like a top five program your freshman year and you only get a few starts, you're just like, uh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, obviously I learned along the way. Yeah, of course. um, I had a great time. I wouldn't change it for anything. Um, I would definitely go back um, and do the golf again, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe minus the school. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we I all? just love the team atmosphere and having, I like, I love my coaches um, that are still there coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were, they were always so helpful and great. So I, I feel like I was one of the lucky ones to have like such a good program to, to play at. And and I still keep in touch with my coaches today. So um, that's amazing. A good relationship. Yeah. Great. And that, that's just, that's amazing. And like you said, you progressed through your years at college. I mean, your scoring average freshman year, 77.4, sophomore year, 74.0, junior year, you were 75.7, but then your last year, 73.5. So, I mean, you, that's kind of the way you want to go about, I mean, throughout your years, um, you want to ultimately get better. And it's from what it sounds like that team made you nothing but a better player with how much depth was on there in the competition and stuff. Um, and I mean, your senior year was a big year. You ended this, you ended the season ranked 45th by golf stat and 51st by golf week in the fall of 2011, you advanced through the first uh, two stages of LPGA Q school and earned some Metro tour status, um, earned all pack 12 honorable mentions. That's a big, that's a big one there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you just had such a big senior year going into your senior year, I mean, at what point did you decide, you know, you, you want to play professional golf? I mean, was it, you went to Q school and I mean, was that kind of like the feeling or the moment where you're like, you know, this is, I want to play professional golf or how did that happen? Um, obviously growing up playing junior golf and, and watching it, you always have the dream of like being a professional golfer playing on the LPGA. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm going to be honest with you after my freshman year at UCLA, I was like, I don't think I can do this. I can barely make the team. Mm-hmm. You know, those were the thoughts that were going through my mind. And I want to say that didn't change until probably winning the public links. I mm-hmm. mean, winning such a big event yeah. gives you so much confidence. And I think that carried over to my senior year. Um, and on paper, it, it was probably my best year, you know, golf wise. And um, so it wasn't until then that I was like, you know, maybe I can do this. Maybe realizing that like UCLA is such a great program that I'm just getting better. And if I were in maybe a smaller program or like a program somewhere else, I would be playing every tournament every, every year and like maybe winning events, but mm-hmm. how much does that like, how far does that go compared to like good competition just of with course. the team, you know? Of so course. there's course. always what ifs and stuff, but I want to say definitely like after winning the pub links is when I was like, maybe I can do this. I, I should give it a try kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. And you went to Q school while you were still in college. I mean, was there ever a thought about, you know, maybe dropping out or anything like that and turning pro, or was it just more so like, you wanted to finish it out because because you were almost done and stuff. I mean, yeah. Well, for me, my parents have always instilled in me like, always get a college degree. You can yep. always have mm-hmm. something to fall back on. Golf is going to end one day, and you need something to fall back on. Of course. Um, so there was never any thought of leaving school early. Um, I definitely wasn't like, you know, a Lydia Coe or an Allison mm-hmm. Lee who didn't go to college or left after two years. Like I didn't right. have 
that great of a college career where mm -hmm. I felt like I should um, leave school early. So going through Q school, my junior year was to just gain full status on the semester tour. That was mm -hmm. my ultimate goal. Yeah. Um, obviously getting full LPGA status would have been great, but you know, I, I had my sights set on the semester tour just so I can learn and kind of develop there before going to the LPGA. Um, I remember going through the whole Q school process with my teammate, who's the same year as me, Stephanie Kono. Yeah. Talk about and, Q school a little bit. I mean, what was that like? Yeah. So it's, it's stressful, but <laughs> I, I, I feel like I have a pretty good record at Q school. Like I, I have to go back. I've had to go back multiple times. And mm -hmm. um, I think it's just a mindset more so than like actually like playing golf. Um, you kind of just have to think of it as like a normal tournament because I feel like a lot of people think Q school, oh, this is this is like life or death almost. Like this is where I'm going to play next year or not mm -hmm. play and, yeah. and stuff like that. So I... I haven't ever really seen it like that because when I went through it in junior year of college, like I still had another year of college. Like I had right, some right. play, something to do. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's what developed so early for me with like thinking about Q school. Um, but at the time there wasn't a rule where you could defer your status. Got it. So um I went through Q school with my teammate, Stephanie Kona, who's the same year as me. Mm -hmm. And we had some miscommunication between our coaches and the LPGA. And they were like, well, if you make it to final stage, you have to play final stage oh. to even get your full LPGA status. Got it. Um, and so I didn't make the cut at final stage, which was fine because that still gave me full symmetric status. Mm -hmm. Whereas my teammate, yeah. Stephanie Kono, she finished in the top 20, earned a full card and wow. had to make a decision right then and there, whether to give up her last year of eligibility wow. or take their LPJ card. And like, she almost had to take her LPJ card. Because oh yeah. She went through the whole process. And of so course. like she left early, um, but I couldn't imagine if I were in her position, like what I would do because I, you know, I don't think I would have been ready for the LPJ tour. Right. So, yeah. Um, I'm definitely very grateful that we have the Symmetra Tour because I definitely learned a lot from the Symmetra Tour going from college and then um, ultimately getting to the LPGA from the Symmetra Tour. So yeah, you you the Symmetra Tour seems like obviously the proving, the like you need to prove yourself there and stuff like that. And you, from what it sounds like, you learned a lot from playing on there. Um, when you graduate and stuff, you know, how did it feel to know that you had a place to play on the Symmetra Tour? If I've talked to... Um, just a handful of people that played professional golf and knowing they could play on a tour um, was reassuring for them. You know, do you feel the same way or how'd you feel about knowing that you had status on some, uh, on a tour? Um, I, I don't really know. I mean, if I'm being totally honest, I mm -hmm. feel like I've been one of the lucky ones where I've had somewhere to play yeah. every year. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know what it's like to not have anywhere to play. Um, so I can imagine that it's it's very difficult to to graduate and then not have anywhere to play slash yeah. even try and qualify. Like a lot of the students, um, like last year, I guess, because yeah. school was canceled. Mm -hmm. And like, I can't even imagine like what that even is like. And I've talked to a few girls that are are taking an extra year and ones that haven't been able to take the extra year at college because their coach just doesn't have this scholarship for them like yeah I can't even imagine like what that's like and so I'm I'm very grateful and very fortunate to not have had that situation and um you know I I it's it's tough <laughs> yeah I mean it's no I mean golf is golf's hard in general, but whenever you want to do professionally, I mean, that's just, I mean, I know myself, I don't want to do that grind. That doesn't sound like fun. Yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, congratulations on everything that you've done. Thank um, you. and I mean, so you're, you play on the LPG tour and stuff, you know, how did those events compare to events that were on the symmetric tour beforehand? Um, just kind of talk about the differences maybe in competition and kind of just the atmosphere of it all. 
we're going to take a quick break to get a word in from our sponsors. Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be a difference. Like I said, going from you know mm-hmm. junior golf to college yep. golf, Metro to LPGA. Um, there's definitely like a huge change from college to Symmetra. Um, you're used to traveling with your team and mm-hmm. everything's taken care of. You don't even oh, have yeah. to think of finances. Yeah. And you play like one week, you go back to school for like two or three weeks and you have another event. So it, it was very spread out. Mm-hmm. Um, what I found difficult from college golf to like the Symmetra tour um, was just week after week after week. I was like, this is like, I, this is crazy. This is a lot of golf (laughs) and not a lot of time. And like, you're, you have to get used to different course conditions, different weather and you're traveling on your own. And now you have to think of your own expenses and like trying to make ends meet and stuff like that. So, um, that was very different. And then from Symmetra to LPGA, the, the travel aspects, the, the behind the scenes aspects Mm -hmm. aren't so different. Um, but the, you know, the courses are just that much better. The competition is that much better. Um, on the Symmetra tour, I feel like you can get away with a missed shot here or there and like kind of recover from it. Whereas on the LPGA, um, you can, you don't have to play perfect golf, but the Uh misses are just that much better. And so definitely just being in the presence of, you know, like Michelle Wees or Stacey mm-hmm. Lewis. And um, my first full year on the LPGA in 2016 mm-hmm. was very eye-opening for me. Um, I had just gotten my full card from the Symmetra Tour, finishing the top 10 on the money list. Mm-hmm. Um, had a fun year, you know, had a lot of friends out on the Symmetra, played good golf and and got my card. Like I couldn't couldn't be happier. Yeah, of course. Out in on the LPJ in 16 and I make maybe a handful of cuts. I'm like, I'm like questioning it all over again. You know, uh-huh. yep. long. can I keep up? Like, uh-huh. yeah. And, and it was just so discouraging, but at the same time, like the little successes that I did have, like making those few cuts, it was like, it still gave me a little hope, you know, like, yeah, maybe I mean, I can do this. It's yeah. there. It's there. I mean, yeah. Yeah, of course. It's very interesting. I mean, um, just mentally, I feel like the LPGA is just another step from the Symmetra Tour. Like you just have to be that much more mentally tough. And um, the grind is still the same Mm -hmm. between the Symmetra and LPGA Tour. But it's just, I want to say mental of like believing in yourself and believing that you do belong there. That was that was a huge learning thing for me in 2016, for sure. I think that's believing in yourself has got to be one of the most, I mean, golf is obviously you got to be, you know, you got to be a good player and stuff like that to do all that, but you got to believe in yourself that you're a good player as well. And just the mental game of golf is so key. I I cannot emphasize that so much on what, you know, just the listeners in general that are listening to this, every person I've had on, it's all mental and all the people that go and play professional like yourself and many others, I mean, the, you need to have that really strong mental game. And I think that's amazing that, you know, you're able to, that you have that in that you were able to identify those moments that, you know, it's there, you know, I can, I, I believe myself, I can play good golf. So hats off to you for that. I think that's amazing that you yeah. have that quality. <laughs> yeah. um, so you talked about 2016, you know, you, you made a handful of cuts and stuff. Um, kind of talk about your years, uh, how they've been on tour. You've been on tour for seven years now, you know, how has your game evolved over the years and stuff? Um, good question. <laughs> so I've, uh, definitely have had some ups and downs, um, in my LPGA career. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, got my card in 16, was super excited um, didn't have the season that I had imagined and envisioned and went back to Q school. Um, and I lost my full card and, and had a gained a conditional card, which Mm -hmm. obviously super bummed, but, um, you know, made the best out of it the following year and, and started out on the Symmetra tour again. Mm -hmm. Um, and then got a start on the LPGA, I think, in Atlantic city that year. And I took advantage of that, you know, like I played well, made the cut, finished like 
top 30 or something, got into the reshuffle and finished the year on the LPGA. Good. Um, Again, didn't quite make enough money to keep my card, went back to Q school. Um, And I remember that year I birdied my 72nd hole to, I think, maybe make the cut. Mm -hmm. Um, And at that time, Q school was five rounds for us. And I just had this great round on the last day where like when they say you black out when you like play good golf like yeah. that's literally what happened to me on the back nine <laughs> of key school on the last round um I think I I finished with like 31 or 32 wow. and back into the um top 20 to get my full card back for 2018 clutched um, up let's go <laughs> it, yeah and so my caddy at the time he's a really good friend of mine he doesn't caddy anymore but he always reminds me like Hey, remember that time you, you know, you did that at Q school, like you you have it in you. And like, sometimes you just need to be reminded of all the good that you have in your game. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I got my card back, had a super fun 2018, kept my card. And that was the first time I've kept my card and not had to go to Q school for LPGA. Yeah. Um, And so I was super excited, obviously, because I'm like, I kept my card. I'm going to work my ass off. Mm -hmm. You know, I worked super hard in that off season, like super excited for 19. And again, like didn't go as I planned, Mm -hmm. went back to Q school and then 2020 COVID hit. So it's just been a lot of ups and downs. And that's just kind of golf, you know, like some people are fortunate enough to, to play at a high level and kind of have like not so big peaks and valleys. Whereas Mm -hmm. like, I feel like I'm one of the players that have bigger peaks and valleys and I kind of, kind of roll with the punches and I'm not, not getting better. You know, like my game is improving. Like my shots are getting better. I'm hitting it more solid or like I can kind of do different shots where I haven't been able to do like a few years ago. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely a learning curve. Um, I think, physically my game is getting better as the years go, but who knows? I, I might need to like learn a little faster, but mm-hmm. we'll see what this year has in store. I'm really excited for this year though. I'm, I'm super excited for you too. And I can't wait for you to get back out there and just start killing it again and stuff. Um, you know, I, I'd like to talk about what does your preparation look like on a week when you have an event? I know you're going to be flying out, you know, I think I believe today to an event and stuff, you know, what, what does your preparation look like for a week whenever you have a tournament? Yeah. So obviously it, it, it's pretty similar every week, at least for me, I, I like a little more of a routine and of like consistency to Mm -hmm. like take out any, um, factors that might affect how I play or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, so if it's, you have a week off before a tournament week, like usually I travel on a Sunday, um, have that extra day, you know, on Monday to like get to know the course and, and practice and stuff. But if it's back-to-back weeks, usually Monday is travel day um, and rest day because if you play three weeks in a row and you practice every day and you play and you travel, like it gets a lot. Like I bet. you almost have to take a day off. Um, and so Tuesday is normally one of the bigger practice days. Um, a lot of the courses I've already played over the years on the LPGA. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I personally like to do nine hole practice rounds and do a lot of short game on the golf course. Cause sometimes the practice facilities, the putting and chipping area aren't quite like, um, the golf courses. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Um, and then Wednesday is normally a pro-am day. Um, and so if you're not in the pro-am, you kind of just practice that day or we have, um, what we call an E9, emergency nine, where you yeah. can be off like literally at the crack of dawn. Oh, play perfect. like nine holes before the pro am even tees off. Um, I'm actually a kind of a big fan of those because I just like playing more. I like playing more than than just grinding on the range or the, yeah, the, the putting green and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have your tournament Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sometimes you're lucky you can fly out Sunday night to the next event. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times it's just way less stressful flying out Monday morning and then yeah. you kind of just do it all over again. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like, I mean, it, if if you don't have, I mean, you got to be amazing on your time management. That's first and foremost, of course. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's got to be some very important. Um, I bet that 
that sounds so cool to just hear about all the different, you know, different things that you focus on for your preparation. I think that's amazing. Um, I think I'd be a fan of the E9 stuff too, because um, I mean, from just from what I've um, researched and stuff, it seems like you like to play early so you can go kind of explore different, you know, mm-hmm. cities and, you know, you're a big food person, it seems like. And so, totally um, yeah, I was looking up, you know, I was reading some articles and they were talking, you know, you're talking about how you like to explore different cities and stuff through food and everything like that. Um, I feel like I'd be kind of the, the same way, you know, I'd like to get, get the practice done early, then kind of go check out, you know, whatever is available. Um, I think that's, it's just so amazing and so cool to hear about your experiences and stuff. And I mean, you're, you're, you're still playing those events. I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I wish you nothing but the best in that. Um, yeah. so I'd like to just talk about, you know, what's the atmosphere like at LPG tour event and stuff and kind of just anything that comes to your mind about what, you know, that beh- happens behind the scenes and stuff. You're playing with the best ladies in the world. I mean, what, how, how does that make you feel? Um, it's crazy because when I think of the LPGA and I think of like playing out there, I don't feel like I'm not included in the, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense where the no, LPGA totally were just sense. like a big family. Um, obviously, you know, you, you have your group of friends that you hang out with and, and you travel with, but when it comes to like, crossing paths with, um, Michelle, we, or, or Paula Kramer, like they'll say hi, you know, it, it's, we're, a, we're just a big family. And like, we're really close to like the staff members also. I mean, we see them week in and week out. And, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I feel like the commissioner, commissioner, Mike Juan, he's mm-hmm. done such a good job of creating that atmosphere for us and yeah. creating such a good place to to work for us that like, it doesn't almost feel like work. Sometimes it feels Mm -hmm. like you're just going out and hanging out with your girlfriends and playing golf. Um, so I don't know. I, it's just, I don't even know how to explain it, you know? Um, So we're just like a big family out there. Um, and I've been able to make some really close friends also, um, through playing on the LPJ and Symmetra tour. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know, just a big family. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that's really cool. I mean, obviously you want to do something that doesn't feel like work to you mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, having that atmosphere, it seems like, you know, everybody's friends, everybody says hi and everything like that. And it's nice that, you know, even the bigger names like Michelle, Paula Creamer and stuff, they, you know, they're, they're friendly as well. And at the end of the day, they're, you know, we're all humans and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's, that's really cool that you're able to build connections and everything with some of the you know, best ladies in the world playing golf. I, I just think that's just so cool. Like, yeah, just, I, I love hearing about this kind of stuff and just the events and everything like that. Um, you know, kind of as you're playing these events and everything like that, and as the years go on, you know, where do you see yourself in the next couple of years? Do you have any goals that you'd like to accomplish and maybe even five years, 10 years from now, you know, what, what does it look like for you? Oh, um, if you, if you, if you got it, that, if you don't have it planned out, it's totally fine. But I just, I honestly just like to ask. do not have a five-year plan. And uh-huh. I just, I feel like with life, things never go to plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously there are things that I like want to do. And like I, um, with whether it's my golf career or personal or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of just taking it year by year, especially out on tour. Um, yeah. This year, one of my biggest goals is to just be all in, you know, like I feel like in the past, I, not that I haven't been all in, but like just using the resources that I have and like reaching out to the people that I know that can help me Mm -hmm. and want to help me and just kind of leaving no stone unturned this year to just see what happens. Um, Whereas in the years past, I'm like, maybe I don't really need to seek mental coaching for my golf. Like, meh, I, maybe I don't like, I've never really been a big, um, person to like put a big emphasis on the mental side of golf. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I've, I've worked with some in the past and I, 
I don't know if it really helped me or not. Um, but I'm kind of going into that with an open heart and like actually kind of giving it a fair shot. So like things like that is something that I'm working on this year, just being open to new ideas and and new ways of going about the game and maybe it'll help maybe it won't who knows you know like so my biggest goal this year is just being all in seeing what happens and yeah um going from there of course and I like once again I wish you nothing but the best and you know I've every every guest that I have on and stuff I love to keep track of you know results and stuff like that so you know I'll be watching your results and tournaments that you'd be playing in and um yeah like I said once again I wish you nothing but the best you know you're you. you seem like a really nice person you know a really good player as well you've done a lot of good things in your career and stuff so um you know just just always remember that just always remember that um I have some fun questions here for you not only for lady golfers, but golfers who are looking to just turn pro in general, do you have any advice for them? You know, what, what's some things that they should really um, kind of plan on or really focus on when they want to turn professional? Um, definitely don't see it as work because once you see it as work, you're not going to have fun. And I, I think to be successful at playing professional golf, you, you still have to keep the fun aspect aspect of it Mm -hmm. um like you mentioned earlier like I practice early get my my stuff done so that I can have fun um and not only fun but like I feel like you need to find a a team around you whether it's coach caddy mental coach fitness Mm -hmm. trainer like people to give you the the right information and like um to just bring you up, you know, like to encourage you. I think that's huge Um, because at the top level, there's obviously, you get a lot more nitpicky about like how you're playing and like, and stuff like that. So you just need kind of some perspective from the people in your team and like to just have that positivity when you are not quite that positive, you know? So I think a huge factor in, being successful in professional golf is having a good team around you. I I think that's amazing to have, because like you said, you know, you can go from college golf and you have everybody that takes care of things for you, but once you're on your own, I mean, if, from what it sounds like you're on your own, I mean, obviously you're paying for everything, you're planning everything mm-hmm. and having people around you to be able to keep in that positive mindset. And, um, you know, if, like you said, if it come, if it becomes work and stuff and you're not going to enjoy it, then it's just going to be no fun. So Mm -hmm. I think that's great advice for people out there. You know, that's in anything they do, whether it's playing golf or even if, you know, like for me, I just want to get in the golf industry after, you know, and I really look forward to that, but if it's going to be treated like work, it's not going to be as fun. So I think that's great advice you have there. Um, what's something you feel like is overlooked on the LPGA tour or just women golfs in general? Do you feel like there's a certain kind of topic or do you think just overall women's golf, you know, how do you feel about that? Um, I think women's golf is definitely getting more popular, which is amazing because as a tour, I think that's one of our big goals, you know, like getting girls started in golf early and like empowering them through the game of golf. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like we're oftentimes overlooked because we don't hit it as far. We don't like have crazy trick shots that we have to hit out of trees and stuff. Like, yeah, we may, you know, hit almost every fairway every time because we're such good ball strikers, but like we can keep up with the best players in the world. I want to say like, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, you, you know, we may hit it like 250 to 270, whatever it may be. Um, but our short game is probably just as good, you know, as the next level of like the tour guys, you know, and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. So I feel like we often get overlooked just from the distance aspect. Um, but we're just as good as the men, you know, like it's, I, I just, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, you're to- that's totally fine. You know, I, I, ever since I started this podcast and stuff, I wanted to get not only, you know, male golfers and stuff like that but I mean women play golf too and it's just there's a whole nother side of golf that I feel like a lot of people just don't pay attention to and I really really want to emphasize that 
there's amazing ladies, lady golfers out there. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. uh, you, there's a, there's LPGA tour. I mean, there's, you know, women play golf and there's professional women uh, golfers. And I think getting like, you know, women like you on here to tell your story and just get, you know, really get that exposure out there. And I'm super happy to hear that you feel that it's getting bigger because I feel the same way. And I just want to get, I just want to get people to hear and get more, pay more attention to women, women, um, just LPG tour and women golfers overall. Mm-hmm. Cause I just, I love hearing this kind of stuff, you know, and getting to know more about the ladies that play on the tour and stuff. And like you said, I mean, yeah. You, so what you don't hit as far or whatever, but still though, your games are just as good, if not better than most guys on tour. And I remember growing up, my grandma told me if I was ever struggling with my golf swing, I look at the LPG tour because, you know, <laughs> every, every lady on there just has the best looking swings. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. And I love watching you girls play any chance, you know, any chance I can. So I think that just women's golf in general is overlooked as well sometimes. So, yeah, and I'm, I mean, I'm, I've played, you know, a lot of golf with a few guys on the LPGA or the PGA and like, you know, we, we learn a lot through playing with PGA guys. And then they also in turn learn a lot about like a different perspective of the game through playing with us. And of course I've had multiple conversations with the guys that I've played with. And, um, it's just very interesting how we think about approaching a certain hole and they think Mm -hmm. about it and it's always fun to just have those discussion and like kind of learn of maybe it's a new approach or like a different shot type or or that so it's it's very interesting to to see both sides of the game um and it's a lot of fun I mean like just competing with other women not only is that like fun but like getting a chance to play with the guys on the PGA tour mm-hmm. um, is also just like another aspect of golf where like, it's just so inclusive. Like you can, anyone can play and anyone can learn from one another. And so it's just a great sport to play. I feel like whether it's professional or leisurely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Um, what's, what's the coolest thing that you've been able to experience or have access to from playing professional golf on the PGA tour? Oh, um, I, I feel like I've done a lot of cool things. I mean, I don't think I would have ever made it down to New Zealand if it Mm -hmm. weren't for a tour event down there. So I think this was back in 2016 or 17. I don't really remember, but Mm -hmm. we had a tour event in New Zealand. Um, I believe Lydia Ko was probably a big, um, aspect of having a tour event down there mm-hmm. and um one of my good friends and I were like hey let's let's stay a few extra days it's such a long ways to go for one week like yeah let's play our tournament and then like kind of explore so we stayed an extra like five days went down to queen um yeah went down to queenstown because we were playing in Auckland mm-hmm. um and we went on like amazing hikes and like just a lot of nature stuff, which is really cool. Cause that country is beautiful. Really? Um, wow. very, if you're into like the outdoors, like definitely a country you need to go to. And so that's probably one of my most memorable, um, experiences on the LPGA through the LPGA. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, just traveling, I, I definitely think I got the travel bug through the LPGA tour. Like we've been to Australia, we've been to France and Scotland and England. So um, just a taste of that makes me want to just go to just many more places. Um, But I just love that the tour brings us to so many new places outside the US and just to see different cultures and um, definitely like try all the different foods. I'm a big foodie. So yeah, (laughs) look for the local cuisine and like the best restaurants in the towns that we're in. So um, I've been very fortunate to be able to do what I do and, um, I just make the most of it and what better time to do it than now? Like, I don't really have responsibilities in a way, uh-huh. okay. um, you know, I, I don't, uh, I'm not married, you know, I don't have kids and, um, it's just the time to do it 
and do it while you're young, you know? So yeah, definitely. No, no, I, you know, I completely agree. And I think that's so cool that you're able to go to New Zealand and explore those kind of parts of the world and stuff that, that would be just so amazing. I've heard stories about New Zealand and stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, I've met just one person from New Zealand and from what it sounds like, it's amazing. So that's so cool that you're able to go down there and spend those extra couple of days with mm-hmm. one of your, you know, one of your girlfriends and stuff, and just kind of just hang out and kick back. I think that's so yeah. cool. Um, heading to the last question here I have for you, um, who has inspired you to be the golfer slash person you are today? Ooh, um, I feel like there are probably a lot of people. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've been doing this for so long. I've been playing golf for, I want to say close to 20, 23 years or so from like junior golf to now. Um, so, you know, obviously my first golf coach who got me into golf and made me almost realize and believe in myself, like, Mm -hmm. Hey, you're kind of good at this. You're a natural, you know, like that obviously, led to me going into junior golf and, and stuff like that. Um, my dad for Mm -hmm. getting me started in the game. Um, and like just the different coaches I've had along the way. And, and, um, so I don't know, lots of people to, to say that lots of people to, um, thank for inspiring me for, Mm -hmm. to play golf. Um, I want to say, a lot of the LPGA women, um, when I was a junior golfer too, like Lorena and Annika, um, great role models and still role models today. Um, and it's just cool because Annika is playing in the event next week, our first like, um, regular season event. So like just the thought of like having the chance to be paired with her or in her presence while I'm on tour is just a crazy thought because when I was coming out on tour, I think she had already retired. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just many people who have inspired me to be the person and golfer I am today, for sure. I, that's, a, that's such, like you said, I know that I've had a couple, you know, other guests on and stuff, and they said the same thing as well. You know, there's such a big support system mm-hmm. that you, that, that you almost need to have when going through kind of your career in golf. And I think that's, amazing that you know your coach at such a young age inspired you was like hey you know pushing you that you're a good player and stuff and that's all it takes sometimes it's just a little Mm -hmm. you know a little confidence and stuff so yeah um, once again I I wish you nothing but the best in your future on tour and stuff and in your career golf and just anything that you do I'll be watching your results and stuff and and uh, once again thank you for coming on uh, the podcast and stuff and uh, chatting with me a little bit no, thank you for having me. I've had a lot of fun and uh, hopefully I've inspired some other uh, women or men to even just pick up golf and like have fun with it. So yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Well, that'll wrap up this week's episode of Scrambling with Donato featuring LPGA Tour player Brianna Doe. Thank you so much for coming on and, uh, and uh, play well this week. And uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. Thank you. All righty. Have a good one, everybody. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto. Just want to let you guys know I create an Instagram for the podcast called Scrambling Podcast. You can head over there, follow for updates on the episodes, as well as material that I'll be talking about in the episodes like videos or photos. So you can check them out there and get a little more insight on the episodes. Thanks again for listening and have a good one.